Good morning, Spark Your Fire listeners. Uh, great to be here on a Friday with my good friend Jazz. Top of the morning to you there, sir. Happy Friday, John. Happy Friday. Good to Happy see you. Friday. Well, the, the, the world's upside down, my friend. I mean, everything's, uh, the, the, to, you know, we're, we're recording on a Friday morning, but overnight in the US, there was what they call a pan sell-off, uh, a sell-off of basically every asset class. I mean, the precious metals were down, the uh, Dow was down about 600 points. Um, what else? Everything was down except for the US dollar. The US dollar was up markedly and the uh, 10-year yield was pretty, pretty steady. So we've got lots to talk about. We've got lots to talk about. Surely it's... Uh... It's fascinating uh, with some of the things that you're about to mention. I'm not going to steal the secret, so I'll let you get started <laughs> over there. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about just this thing, but we're actually going to zoom out a little bit because a lot of the big hitters in the, uh, the financial markets have all come out recently and said, there are big headwinds coming. We are like recessions are inevitable. It's just a question of how bad this thing is all going to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to take you through some articles that discuss this. We're going to t- take you through who these big hitters are and what they've had to say because a lot of a lot of perspectives have come out this week about what what you know how bad is this thing going to be? How bad is this thing going to be? So we're going to wear our um, uh, we're going to wear our pessimistic pants today, uh, and we're going to uh, our grumpy pants, and we're going to talk about uh, about the economy. We're 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 inherent optimists, though, Jazz. But we'll we'll um, we're going to re- relay these uh, Wall Street titans and their view on the on the current market. Does it sound like a plan? Facts are facts. I'm with you. <laughs> facts are facts. Yes. All right. So look, we're, let's start. Let's start here. So Jamie Dimon, um, the head of J.P. Morgan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he came out this week and we're going to play you a clip of, of his perspective, but he basically says, brace yourself. There's a big hurricane coming. Roll the tape jazz. It's a hurricane. It's we, right now. It's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or or uh, Andrew or something like that. And it's you, you better brace yourself. Wow, wow. I mean, I promised you uh, the unhappy pants today, but uh, <laughs> you got to brace yourself because there's something coming. Look, uh, Jazz, over to you, mate. What's your take on on that um, that little excerpt there? You know, I like the way he phrased it. Uh, I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing because um, it's just, he, he, he said, it's not even a storm. It's a hurricane. Mm. And we don't know what type of hurricane it is. Uh, it's, is it a minor one or is it a major one? But it's not a storm. So it's going to be bad, but how bad it's going to get, nobody knows. Uh, here's a question. What is he looking at currently that suggests or points him in a direction that there is something bad that's going to happen in the month. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I think he's looking at Fed policy. I think he's looking at interest rates because the 10-year yield looks pretty stable. The dollar's a lot higher. Stock markets are down. I think he's looking at Fed policy. So when you say Fed policy, John, uh, you're talking about the rates. Yeah. So, so my guess is what he's saying is that inflation – the inflation genie's out of the bottle and there's no telling how high rates need to go to put the inflation fire out. And if, and if the rhetoric coming out of the central banks is, is true, they need to be a lot higher. Now we can debate whether that's even going to materialize, but I think that that's, 
that isn't that that's the only way that the really pessimistic uh, Hurricane Katrina um, perspective could be reached, I would have thought. So, yeah, I think you're bang on. It's the Fed policy. And he mentioned that uh, clip itself that it's the Fed uh, that's going to cause this one. But I think uh, mm-hmm. it's not just the interest rates. That's one story of the uh, that's part of the story. But also it's the uh, liquidity drying up mm-hmm. in the markets and uh, how you and I were chatting before how the velocity of money is uh, has been drained out. That there, there is barely any free capital floating at the moment which has all been getting reflected in the markets at the same time as well. So he's talking about basically three main things that if Fed is going to stick with its agenda this time, which clearly looks to be the case, and also based on one of the articles that you already have in the pipes to cover, which is the uh, Jerome Powell and Biden's first meeting since Mm -hmm. Biden took over, so that was the first meeting that they had. And Biden pretty clearly laid out the agenda. And the agenda is tame the inflation, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, look, I'll yeah, he said, look, I'll give the Fed the independence that, that they need and that they have to, to find inflation. Um with the Jamie Diamond thing, look, the, this brace for impact perspective, I like it. I must confess that. I think investors should always be braced for impact. But it's not just because there are um, kind of uh, what are they call black swan events. There are always black swan events. But I also think that monetary policy has been very, very bad for about 30 years now. You could say since, let's say, the lead up to the 2000 tech correct, that was all monetary policy gone bad. So I think that anyone who's been listening and had their ear to the ground knows that the, the economies have been grotesquely mismanaged fiscally and, and monetarily for a very long time. Um, so, you, yeah, you should have embraced for impact this whole time. And the only thing that you don't know what's going to happen is what's going to be the snowflake that leads to the avalanche um, because there's there's so many, so many things that are discombobulated at the moment. But um, the thing I don't like about, look, I mean, this is where I'm really politically agnostic. Like I don't like when um, Biden says, uh, you know, you know, we need the Fed to fight inflation as though where did the inflation come from? Uh, You know, Biden and the administration preceding him created the inflation. Um, Don't forget, for for 20 years, the answer to every problem was lower interest rates. I mean, we got to peak stupid when we said, let's stop working. Everyone shut the economy down and we're going to print the money. The different, I mean, that that was absolute insanity. There's this there's this meme meme going around from the Jack Reacher movie where uh, it says, for people who who were in favour of lockdowns and stimulus checks, remember you wanted this, uh, and uh, like it was insane. And then to to go, well, I guess well, you know, global events are leading to inflation. No, like you shut the economy down and printed the difference. That's where the inflation came from. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, what, what what kind of category hurricane do you see? Just just circling back to Jamie Diamond. Now, I don't even know what the categories are to be honest. But where do you see? Where do you see? How bad is this? Are we talking hurricane? I think he said Sandy or. I I think I I I think uh, the way I will put this is regardless of what happens to the financial markets this time, 
And that includes real estate as well. When we say financial markets, regardless of what happens to those markets, whether it drops by 10% or whether it drops by 50%, Fed is not going to give a damn about it. They won't focus on what is happening in the financial markets because Biden's agenda is clear. Mm-hmm. And the agenda is bring the inflation down. I don't care what happens to the stock market. I don't care how badly the rich people get hurt. Or I don't care um, the average mom and dad investors, what happens to the savings. But if the inflation keeps going higher and higher the way it is, there's other bigger problems to be had. So ignore the financial markets, just control the inflation. So I guess to answer the question of how bad the hurricane is going to be, I think it's um, connected to how quickly they can, they, how quickly they can tame the inflation. Mm. Can you tame the inflation in the next three to four months uh, by hiking rates 0.5, uh, 0.5 each time, or uh, it's going to take longer than that. So the picture will become clearer in the next two to three months, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, 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 look, in the short term, rates are going up and they're going to do that until something breaks. But I, I always come back to this concept of like, why does the Fed exist? The Fed exists ostensibly to um, minimize, to, to create stable prices and full employment. And that's partially true, but the other probably more, um, uh, more substantive reason that they exist is they, they exist to shore up the solvency of the banks. Like they're, 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 they sort of manage the banking cartel. The cartel. So what, what would keep the bank solvent? Well, the, the thing that keeps the banks solvent are higher asset prices. And and more liquidity, and I can't. I I always sort of struggle to see why they would um, reverse that. Why they would, you know, uh, go excessively into to interest rate rises, risk a property market crash, and they go, okay, well, all the debt that's out there uh, has no collateral. The the property prices have come down, so the bank's balance sheets are, are screwed. So I, I feel like they're going to raise interest rates, and as long as bank profits are okay, they they they'll continue course. So, so just on that, so when, when you have got on one hand is that your currency is going to lose all its value. And on the other hand, you've got is the financial markets are going to lose the value. Mm. And it's a hard and a rock place. Which one are you going to pick? Like you, you literally don't have option left on the table. You're going to pick one. All right. So I think in this case, they will let the market suffer a bit for the yeah. time being. And then yeah. later on, figure out how to... Uh, bring it back on the rails. But if they let the other suffer, then the problems are much bigger to be dealt yeah. with, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, well that's, so we've talked about financial markets, but then there's the consumer, the, the individual. And um, Michael Burry, the, uh, the, the Christian Bale character from The Big Short, which was a, a great movie and you should, you should see it if you haven't, he came out this week and said something similar. So what we're talking about today, big hitters who think the economy is going into the toilet. What Michael Burry said was um, that the economy is on borrowed time, uh, and so he he had this. He, so he what he said was um, that we're depleting savings very very quickly. So in uh, about a year ago, spring two thousand and twenty one, um, the savings rate as a percentage of GDP was thirty five percent, twenty five percent. Sorry, twenty five percent. It's currently three point eight percent, and by the end of the year, it'll be one to one and a half percent. Now, the last time it was 1.5%, the savings rate as a percentage of, the, of GDP, 
was in 2005. So if we go below 1.5%, it'll be all-time low savings rates. And he's saying, look, people, you know, people um, are needing to dip into savings to pay their rent, to fill up their cars, to buy food. Like, so there's this much capital destruction just to maintain consumer lifestyles. And the way I kind of look at it is debt is what um, the middle class need to pretend they're still middle class when they've been destroyed by inflation. So, Jazz, what's your take on what Michael Burry said? So pretty much where I ended it, John, it sort of gains traction from the same point, which is when you've got a uh, inflation in one hand and the financial markets in the other, right? Uh, it's important for Fed and Biden to control inflation. And the reasons you've already mentioned some of them, which is Michael Burry's article or tweet uh, that talks about how the savings are depleting fast, which means the everyday consumers or the citizens will have to take more debt or use credit cards, mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, to continue their basic lifestyle or the, or the bread and butter needs, right? So when, when, you, when, you, when you look at how the savings are depleting and why they are depleting, purely because there's no more stimulus checks, there is no more um, uh, cheap interest rates. Um, so his, his point is, again, leading into the same direction, which is markets are overpriced. Let, let them correct itself while Fed is working on its mandate. Yeah. I've heard that credit card debt is spiraling upwards as well. Um, so savings are going down, credit card debt is, is spiraling, people are, are borrowing to consume. And I don't think that there's all, all this excessive uh, consumption at the moment. I think that this is this is um, uh, kind of, what do they call it, subsistence uh, spending. I was chatting to a real estate agent yesterday. He was saying um, um, people think that consumer spending is up, but that's because I'm spending twice as much money to fill up my car as I used to. And he goes, that's not consumer spending. That's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I wonder if I wonder if so. Inflation always often leads to political backlashes, and we know that there's a um, an election in in November in the US. We just had one in Australia as well. Um, there are election. There's a lot of political sort of turbulence. But does does is this the course we're on until November? I can't. That's my sense. They're going to try to um, see what where the tea leaves are in November and then either course correct or reverse course or keep going. What's your, any thoughts on that? I'm with you on that. Q3, end of Q3, start of Q4. Mm. um, We'll start to see inflation figures come into control a little bit, in my opinion. And that's where where they will stop raising the rates and everything else will basically lead from there, kind of Mm. depending upon the data, whatever the data is. But I'm with you, Q3, Q4, kind of thing, end of Q3. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael Burry, he repeated his famous 2008 saying, which is, quote, it's like watching a plane crash. So he's very pessimistic um, at the moment. And you know what? One thing to mention uh, is when the... So we, we talked about the the savings being depleted at the moment. So from 25%, it's gone down to... 1.8% or wherever under 2% in the last couple of months. Generally in those kind of scenarios, the way consumers load up, load up more debt is through um, 
home equity and all that stuff, right? But in this case, even the home equity isn't there. So people who bought in the last year or so, they don't have the equity. They are in negative equity. So when you're in a negative equity, there's even more concern. Yeah. But who, who ultimately bears the risk? If, if there's negative equity, is that the bank's risk or the, or the, uh, the homeowner's risk? Always homeowner's risk. Oh, well, in Australia, we're talking about, I don't, I don't know how it works in the US from that perspective, but in Australia, us as owners. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's always a, always a case to pay off uh, debt as, as well, even in the good times. And, you, you know, I think uh, always a case for, uh, for debt repayment. Um, you know, with, with the um, with the collapse of the savings rates from sort of twenty five percent down to, um, I, I was jokingly I jokingly say that I used my um, stimmy check to buy breast implants for myself, um, <laughs> and, and and while that's not exactly true, <laughs> it's not it's not even remotely true actually, um, but it does it does sort of point to um, a frivolity of what happened during the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one cash splash that that you know everyone sat at home um played xbox and and then spent their money on silly consumer items because we we disconnected ourselves from production so this is why lockdowns were so bad in my opinion um it sort of it it created this illusion of infinite resources where where of course resources are finite and the people who made those decisions basically sit behind laptops they're not out there producing in the real economy but i wonder if this leads to things like fedcoin so in, in five years' time, they say, look, we did a stimulus uh, package back in 2020, 2021, and it would have worked except for you silly rubes out there. You went and spent your money on breast implants rather than on uh, paying off debt or, or, or uh, consuming uh, pro, you know, uh, responsibly. So what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce FedCoin and we're going to control how you, st- how, how you spend the next round of STIMI checks. They're going to go straight to you and it's going to be in digital form and we're going to know exactly what you spend. And if you want to spend it on breast implants again this time, John, we're going to say no. Yeah. So you're essentially saying is, that's such a great point, actually, to be honest. Um, So you're essentially saying is that uh, once this digital currency or CBDCs are fully implanted into the current system, Mm. the way you will spend money is not something that, you are controlling, it's Fed who's going to be controlling or whatever the central party in this case will be, is the one who will be controlling it. And it could be down to the level of category or even the product, what you're allowed and what you don't allow. Yeah, I I, I think they're creating creating the moral and economic case for FedCoin. They'll say, look what we did last time we did a stimulus. The economy clearly needed stimulus, but you, you silly rubes, went out and wasted the money. And yeah. so we can't do stimulus again unless we control how it's spent or so- something along those lines. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think that's a great point, actually, that you just mm-hmm. made. CBDCs gives, gives them another reason to fast track it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, that's potentially not, not imminent, but it's, it's interesting one to, to, to keep your eyes on. Yeah. All right. Oh, what what a what a great uh, chat! Look, last thing, last thing. George Soros. Creepy George Soros. He his um his uh, money manager came out. Uh, her name is Dawn Fitzpatrick, and she uh, she came out in a very interesting interview with uh, David. Um, oh, I want to say Ruben. I, I could be wrong, but he's he's a uh, that famous interviewer. David Rubenstein, I think. Rubenstein, yes, yes. So and it, very interesting. So he uh, she came out and uh, talked about the economy as well. Um, so her her she came up with some points. Uh, so she said, one, a recession is coming. 
but it's further out than you may think. Two, Ethereum will outperform Bitcoin. Three, uh, she called she called out the Fed for being too late to rein in inflation. And four, uh, she cautioned against over-diversification and FOMO. Mm-hmm. Jazz, what are your thoughts on uh, what uh, Dawn Fitzpatrick said? So the first one that bottom line is that recession is inevitable, is what she's saying. Yep. It's funny how in the last two weeks, all the heavy hitters that you just mentioned, John, whether it's Jerome Powell talking about inflation or whether it's Janet Yellen, which, you, which we're going to discuss soon, uh, or Michael Burry or Jimmy Diamond. I mean, these are all big names uh, who, are, who live and breathe the financial world. Right? And they're all talking one same thing, which is recession is inevitable. So what is recession? Q2 figures probably uh, showing negative. So Q1 is already negative. Q2 most likely is going to be negative as well. Why that's going to be negative is probably because of all the Fed changes that are happening on the fly. Right? So um, yes, it is inevitable. Um, I don't know what she means by it's not. I think, I think her words were that it's not anytime soon, but it's going to happen. Um, mm. I disagree on that. I think if the Q2 figures are Q2 figures are negative, then we're already there. So I, I totally agree with that. That was my my take when I read it. I go, what do you mean? It's 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 out there. It's we're yeah, in one yeah. right now. This uh, is a recession. Yeah, I think I think she's still sleeping. If you put yourself into someone else's boot, you're probably already in one. In my mm. opinion, right? So that was their first point. The second one, I think she was talking about cryptocurrencies. That uh, one of the uh, two of the big ones, one will outperform the other, which is Ethereum will outperform Bitcoin. I won't even uh, bother listening to her on that. I don't think she knows anything about cryptos or anything, any of that stuff. So total BS on that one, in my opinion. So I'll ignore that one completely from my personal perspective. <laughs> <laughs> um, the third one that she mentioned, John, if you can just remind me for a second, I forgot what the third one was. Yeah, she, she called out the Fed for being too late on inflation. Uh, I think she's 100% bang on on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Fed kept calling or Janet Yellen kept calling it transitory all this time. Uh when even our average punter who follows the financial markets um, um, in in their in their spare time could tell how can this be transitory? Like it just wasn't making any sense. So uh, especially with all the supply chains and everything getting impacted, which still are impacted to 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 some extent, right? Yeah. So um, I think I think she's right on that. Uh, and the fourth one was uh, well, she cautioned against two things. One was over diversification. Uh, which she said is uh, guaranteeing mediocrity. And she, and the other thing she cautioned against was FOMO. She said, be patient. Uh, so I love this one, actually. So mm. this we have discussed in um, some of our previous episodes when we talk about life lessons of some of the famous investors or other famous entrepreneurs. Um, diversity is always going to be you're trying to preserve your wealth, right? Diversity is preservation, right? And when you're trying to preserve your wealth, that means you're not looking for high returns. If you're not looking for high returns, you're aiming for uh, uh, you aiming for low returns is the point. Yeah. Or average returns, yeah. Average returns, right? Um, I actually think she, uh, parking the call on Ethereum versus Bitcoin, which I don't know enough about, I think she's right on all of those points. Um, recession's coming, a recession's always coming, um, although it's it feels quite acute at this stage. Fed was too late on inflation. Well, the Fed caused the inflation and then responded too late. Uh, responded sooner than they said they would. But um, uh, and then, of course, over diversification and FOMO. 
being uh, being cautioned against. I thought I thought they were actually all good good points. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, one of the first finance or business books I ever uh, read was back in the the nineties, and it was comparing George Soros to Warren Buffett and what they have in common. Said you know, but, uh, Soros is the trader, Buffett's the investor, but actually they're very similar. And one of the things I said was they neither of them believe in diversification. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. So all of, them, all of them are pretty much saying one thing: that something is not right in the markets. That something yes. is uh, that there's something cooking now. How bad it's going to get? We'll find out when the time comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I think you know there was that um, Peter Peter Lynch quote. We said no one ever went went bankrupt without debt. So uh, you, you always need to be in too much debt to go bankrupt. Otherwise, there's like no other, unless you're a complete incompetent, you can't go bankrupt without having debt. So manage your debt. Um, obviously, pay some off if you, if you can. And, and, and you, should, you, you, know, you should avoid bankruptcy. That um, is such a good point. Uh, it's so good it to the discussion that we are making right now because we are in a turbulent times, right? Mm. So the most important thing that becomes natural is manage your debt and your cash flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People, great, great, uh, great chat again, uh, Jazz, and, and hopefully our listeners got something out of that. Um, if you if you want us to cover anything in particular, leave a comment down below. Um, and if you uh, would like to to let us know what you're thinking about the content, also uh, send us a message. But um, final re- reminder of as always, this is not financial advice. Of course, we we don't we don't get too specific on these things, and we talk about all asset classes uh, for good or for bad. But this is not financial advice, and we don't know your circumstances. In the meantime, look, tune in next uh, next week. We do this every week and, um, and uh, you know, stay safe, be safe, and we will see you on the podcast next week.